So hello and welcome to Those Vicar Blokes. I'm uh, Howell the Nerdy Vicar. And I'm Dave Coaches. And on this episode we'll be talking about Pentecost. We talk about Pentecost, yeah, well remembered. Well, that's all right, We yeah. talk about um, Steel Town Murders, but that's the second and third part. Yeah. But before that we talk about the life of Brian. That's it, Life of Brian, yeah. top film. And how we can be offended. I, I, I love Life of Brian. I, I tell you, it always spoils some of my sermons, or especially like the Beatitudes, when they say, blessed are the peacemakers. Yeah. And I always think, blessed are the cheesemakers. Yeah. I can't help it. Well, so I, I love cheese. I, I've got a soft spot for Life of Brian, to be fair, but there we are. So that's what we're talking about this morning, so, or this afternoon, whenever it is. Uh, brace yourself for the music. So hello, and I said so, <laughs> hello and welcome to those Vicar Blokes. Uh, I'm Howell the Dirty Vicar. And I'm Dave Coaches. And Dave Coaches is in Steel Town Murders, isn't he? He is in Steel Town Murders. Yeah, yeah older Dave Which Coaches. Is what, it's a cop show. It's a cop show. I so selected. Him, yeah, you selected a cop show. I did, because he was good. He was about Aberdeer. Yeah, you have been transformed. <laughs> Into like in the cop shows. Yeah, absolutely. So, Dave, more about that in a bit, right? Um, what have you been up to this weekend, Dave? Well, it's been a short weekend, hasn't it? Because we're only on Tuesday recording this. Um, so I've churched and I've churched and I've done some more churching, um, basically, since we last met on Friday. Because that's what the weekends look like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because we have to meet on Tuesday. Because what are you doing later on in the weekday? I'm going to Croatia tomorrow morning. Who are you going there with? Just the wife. Just the wife Just in Croatia. To Croatia for. What? Right. Two whole days. And we're not, we're not. Three whole days, we're two not, whole nights. And we're not going to talk about any of that at all. No. 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 Moving swiftly on from. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh. We're not calling it that. <laughs> it's a cultural visit. A cultural visit. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I just made a, a quick edit there because that was a bit naughty, wasn't it? It was a little bit naughty. It was a bit naughty, yeah, yeah but never mind. Uh, you'll have to guess what, what we said, but never mind. So, uh, you're off to Croatia, that I'm should be off good. To Croatia, and then I've got a week in St. Ives where I have to take the children with me. Oh, okay. Is that a good thing then? Yeah, yeah really excited about that one. Yeah. You'd be more excited about the kids, like, you know, but yeah. I would, I'd be really excited if I was going away with the missus. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm more excited about Croatia than I am going to St. Ives, to be fair, although I love St. Ives. Wow. Beautiful place. Yeah. So, uh, this week, we got the news, isn't it? And I, we got the news. You picked the news as well. I've picked the news this week because I don't normally watch it, but um, we had YouTube on on the telly and I was watching something and somebody subscribed to GMB, Good Morning Good Britain. Morning, Britain, Britain. Yeah. And they had this debate about uh, should they change the uh, change part of um, the Life of Brian, the film Life of Brian, uh, when it goes to a uh, stage performance. So John Cleese, I think, is working on a new stage performance of Life of Brian. And there's a little bit that they want to take out. So I'll I'll pass over to Martin now to put the little bit in. Furthermore, it is the birthright of every man or woman. Why don't you shut up about women, Stan? You're putting us off. Women have a perfect right to play a part in our movement, Reg. Why are you always on about women, Stan? I want to be one. What? I want to be a woman. 
from now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? It's my right as a man. So it turns out that some of the actors didn't want to, you know, say those, uh, say those yeah, lines. Yeah, they're young actors, so they weren't. I don't think they'd seen it before they agreed to be in it. Do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. They, they're not cultured enough to enjoy Life of Brian. No, I don't. I don't think so. All right. So Life of Brian, for anyone who doesn't know, is a, a Monty Python film from 1979 where they basically send up Jesus, don't they? In, a, in a, well, they don't really, but it's. It's a parallel life of a person called Brian, who people say is the Messiah, um, and worship him as the Messiah, and he's crucified at the end. Yeah, it was controversial at the time. Yeah, so at the time, what I found, the reason I wanted to put it in the news is, what I found interesting is on you... show off that you've done your own work. No, <laughs> no. No, there's a famous debate about the life of Brian, uh, which we'll link in our description, where the Bishop of Southwark, I think it was, and another guy were complaining to uh, John Cleese and uh, I think it's Michael Palin about the fact that they made this film. And there was a lot of controversy saying it was very offensive and it shouldn't have been made and it was disgusting and it was really offensive towards Christians. And I just found it fascinating that, what, 40-odd years later, we're back to where we were. We're, Yeah. We're we're back to the fact that actually um, the whole premise of it is that it's is taking the mick out of lots of aspects of life. And it was probably well ahead of its time um, taking the mick out of this man who decided that he wanted to be known as a woman. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because I think... No, but I think... Trans- maybe he was a transsexual. No, well, no, no, transsexuals, as they used to be called, now transgenders, they, there were people around... that They'd been around for a long time. So they would have been... That would have been people who lived that way back in 1979. That would... That's not just a new thing that's come along, except it just didn't have as much presence in the in the culture, really. You're saying there's nothing new under the sun? Yeah, I think I read that somewhere in a funny book. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so what I found interesting is that... What I found interesting is the people who didn't want to put this scene in because it would upset people and offend people didn't seem very bothered at all about the fact that loads of Christians are being upset or offended by life for Brian. They saw that as a kind of good thing um, because it was good to make fun of you know Christianity or whatever. But they yeah, didn't because Christians are weird, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be weird, people are going to make fun of you, aren't they? Well, yeah, yeah. You so just have to accept Christians that. Christians are weird. You have to accept it. Yeah, but yeah, you know. but I think. I think what I'm trying to say is what it revealed for me really was that those who said back in the 70s and 80s that all we needed to do was get rid of Christianity and Mary Whitehouse and all these other people and then we could be free to express ourselves as he wanted weren't really interested in freedom. They were just interested in power. They they still wanted to make fun and belittle people. They just wanted to make fun and belittle people who they didn't like rather than people that they did like so it's a bit i don't know if you've got a take on it well i i think i view i viewed it a bit differently to you because um because i i kind of agreed in, in the basis that maybe it should be taken out or maybe it's not culturally appropriate for this modern era what's that mean 
Well, I mean that culture and society has moved, um, and therefore it, it potentially dragging up the stuff that was funny in 1979 isn't considered to be funny anymore. So you think it should be taken up as it's not funny? Well, I, yeah. Maybe. But isn't that just saying what what you've got there is you've reduced immorality down to power? Because what you're actually saying is whoever's in power in society can then dictate the culture of society, which then can t- dictate who we, how we behave. So pa- morality then isn't something which is fixed as a universal good or evil. Morality is determined by the culture. Do you know why I think it's a news story? Why? Because not many tickets have been sold. Do you reckon it's just a... I am that cynical <laughs> that if you throw in this fact that, that, oh, this is in there, all the people who thought it was funny in 1979 will still be able to go and watch it now as a live stage show, whereas they probably wouldn't have bought a ticket for it had it not made it to a news story. So you reckon that Life of Brian is kind of irrelevant now? I, I think that it's lost. it's had its day. It's been, it's gone, it's spent, and we shouldn't keep trying to rerun humour of the past as humour of today when um, the sense of humour of society has changed. And I would hope that would mean that it was more compassionate. Um, However, I think you're probably right in the sense of you just want to make fun of the groups that you want to make fun of. But again, though, you're falling into it again, Dave, of this idea of moral progress. Is that you genuinely think you've bought into this this ridiculous oh, idea? Nothing new under the sun. No, no, it's not. No, <laughs> no. I just think it's just it just bugged me. I think because it just reveals. I think the irrational hypocrisy within that whole set of people that it's it's but not about the hypocrisy of the fact they want to decide who can and who cannot be offended. Or, or the fact that we shouldn't, we shouldn't seek to be offensive. Well, I think if they shouldn't seek to be offensive, then you can't produce life for Brian, because by the nature of the program, or the na- the nature of the play, or the nature of the film, it it is offensive, isn't it? Personally, I don't find it offensive. I think it's really funny. Oh well, I think it's it's <laughs> yeah. funny. Um, in the same way, you know, we we saw this story a couple of years ago with Little Britain, didn't we? Um, were oh, yeah, actually yeah, yeah. things that were intended as satire. Things that actually, well, the scene that got taken out of that one wasn't a racist scene as such. It was taking the mick out of racists. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it could be um, witnessed in a completely different way. And, and But Little Britain isn't inherently an offensive programme. But I think it was offending lots of people. But I think I think Life for Brian was made to be offensive, wasn't it? The intention behind it was to offend and to yeah. challenge, and that was the intention behind is a satire of Christianity. Yeah, well, the point that they made on on Good Morning Britain <clears throat> was the lady who, who didn't think it should be included anymore was of the opinion that it wasn't made to offend transgender people at the time. Um, it's a byproduct, but I, I'm not sure that was true. No. So, uh, but that, that, that's what irritated me because basically that's the thing we're saying it's good to upset and offend people I don't like, who I'm opposed to. That's something I enjoy doing. But other people I do like, um, you shouldn't offend. And I think 
the reason it bugs me, I think, really, is because of equality, is that all of us are created in the image of God, and all of us have equal value. So if you're going to produce something which is offensive, then it doesn't matter who you offend, it's still the same thing, isn't it? It is. It doesn't matter. I think we did talk about it with Diane Abbott the other week, didn't we, where I think there's a, a difference around race and things like that because, you, like with me, I, I can I can pretend not to be Welsh, couldn't I? Yeah, but... Yeah, but you can't... But, but any if you attack anybody's identity then or you 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 make fun of it or send it up or whatever it's going to upset them isn't it yeah it is going to upset them um i suppose it's because we're fundamentally flawed though that we find other people being offended funny maybe so you think it's a, it, it, it's bad to watch to laugh at life for brian then or another thing where it's sort of cuz i've always found it funny but maybe I found it funny because I did not want to find it funny because I didn't want to be like Mary Whitehouse. Yeah, it's quite a complex issue, isn't it, really? So I don't really... I, I I always try not to be offended by sort of that sort of thing just because I don't want to give people the satisfaction of being offended. If that makes sense. Well, that makes sense. Um, but should you have to? Um... Well, I don't have to watch it, so if I don't... There are some things I don't watch because I think, oh, I can't be bothered with that, you know? So, yeah, so I, I don't watch... Um, what's his name in Afterlife? What's his name? Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Afterlife's good. Oh, I can't stand that. Yeah, because it just shows how miserable he is without God. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, I did like that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You know, he wants to have a go at all the people who have got God, and then all of a sudden, he's completely unable to deal with with the life that that he's got. Um, Yeah, he never realised that he kind of shot himself in the foot with the whole programme. No, no, he didn't. No, no. because he never reaches the point where... uh, where his life has has got any value to it. But really, fundamentally, it doesn't have any value, which is what he believes. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite dark, isn't it? It is quite dark. But that's why in um, Life of Brian, where sometimes... Have you ever had someone ask for always look at the bright side of life for the funeral? No. Really? No, I've never had that. I used to get that regular. Yeah, maybe it's, it's, it's where you are. Could be. It could be a time thing. Was it Not recently, but... I always used to say, go away. Yeah, you've been doing funerals a lot longer than me. Yeah, I've been doing it like 20 um, years, so, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how many you've had in the last five or six years, um, but that's as long as I've been doing funerals. No, that's true. I'm not doing... But they used to have it quite... It used to be quite popular, but I used to say to them, go and listen to that and then ask me again if you want it. And then 90% of the time they said, no, they didn't, because they yeah. thought it'd be a happy song, but it's not. It's really despairing, yeah. isn't it? This very despairing song. Yeah. But, yeah, so... Anyway, that's my moan about that whole thing. Yeah. I just thought it was a bit... You're not very annoyed about this, Dave. I I was really annoyed about it. Do you know what annoyed me most about it was the... um, uh, What's his name? Richard Madeley and and Susanna Reid. Yeah. They, They showed what their opinion was right from the off before anybody started talking about it. And if you're going to have two people on a show that are going to put forward opposing views, I think that the hosts of the show should at least show the humility 
to to listen to the arguments before they make their mind up. Is all like, but they're all like that though. On the well, time. I know, but that's the way that the news is going, isn't it? Yeah. And you get you get loads of people criticising the BBC because um, they show their bias all the time. Well, that's true. Um, yeah. But they at least they've got a mix of lefties and yeah and those that lean to the right. You know, um, so maybe they've got a bit a bit of better balance, but not in the same hosts no that is true they did do that i but, think whereas good morning britain was very obviously made its mind up before yeah before they started talking about it yeah i think it, it it got me i think at the end is that thing from animal farm isn't it where at the end of animal farm they the what's written on the barn is all animals are equal except some animals are more equal than others yeah and i think i don't know if you feel like this but i do sometimes is you know, it is sometimes as a Christian is that all rights are equal, except some rights are more equal than others, and that's that's the feeling I get with interacting with these things. So, what you're really saying then is, as Christians, we have the right to not to not have shows made about that are deliberately offensive and targeting us, and anybody who's transgender has the right not to have it aired. That I think if you're going to give one group that right, you have to give it to all. So we should not make such offensive shows then? I think you should make offensive shows, and if you don't want to go and see them, we don't go and see them. So that stops you being offended by them? Yeah, basically. But does it not encourage people to have uh, have their attitudes <clears throat> in the show towards you? Possibly, you can't, you, but you can't be safe and free at the same no, time, yeah, can but you? Yeah, you're of the opinion that you should be able to separate um, reality from from entertainment, um, but it's, it's a sad fact that actually some of that entertainment gives license to make it reality in life. Well, that's, that's undoubtedly true because we suffer from that where people quote like comedians at us and they think it's in, an intelligent part of an anti-Christian debate. Yeah, you've had that. Um, people have it for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, I. That is a thing, but you can't be you can't be free and safe at the same time. And I think that even though a good example really is say Richard Dawkins's God Delusion, right? Have yeah. you ever read that? It's, no, it's not worth a read. To be fair, no. Somebody else told me that. <clears throat> well, yeah, it's, it's quite a laugh actually. You can go through it with a highlighter, just just getting all the factual errors in it, and then most of the book is highlighted. But one thing he does say in it is he says that it's worse to take your child to church than to rape them. It's more harmful bringing your child up as a Catholic than it is to rape them. All right, okay. Right. That, there's a view. That's a view, yeah. Um, now, I find that immensely offensive and yeah, awful. Yeah, well, it is, yeah. Right. But if we're to live in a free society, and it's quite scary that somebody has that view and is elevated as like a, a major intellectual in our society, yeah. right? And isn't challenged on it, right? But I'd rather live in a society where people are allowed to say that than to live in a society where we're not. So part the cost of my freedom, right, is to allow Richard Dawkins to say things like that. That's the cost of my freedom. Yeah, but does that not mean that there's practically no such thing as hate speech? Yeah. That, that just can't be. 
Well, it's immoral, the but I don't think you is should. The, is, the, is the lead into the violence and the... But I think, yeah, but I think who who defines that? That's what I'm saying, is who defines these things? It's dangerous because you... you it, it, it's dangerous because who makes those decisions? That's what I'm saying. That's the thing. Yeah. It's uncontrollable, isn't it? Because we can't police who controls what's allowed to be said and not. Yeah, but we we attempt to because we have laws that are against hate speech. Yet sometimes we we ignore them, and other times we allow what's essentially hate speech to be broadcast in a West End show. Yeah. That's the thing. But that's the thing. It's all about context, isn't it? So I think the laws we've got at the moment are pretty good most of the time. But I think that you, know, you can't be like, you can say, you could shout fire in a crowded theatre and things like that. But I think that um, I just find it frightening that if you're controlling what people are allowed to say and to think, then that, that can't lead to a good ending, can it? I don't think it can lead to a good ending and what you end up with is what we get now is where um everybody tries to censor the 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 opposing view. Yeah. When it's when it's a matter of view. Yeah. Um but I think the thing is with it is it was wrong for the Bishop of Southwark to say they shouldn't have made life for Brian and it's 40 years later we've got the same thing happening. Yeah. And I think that's you know we you know, yeah, we don't have to go and see those things. I think that's the difference. It depends what context you're in. Is it if you're in a school situation and a teacher said those sorts of things, you don't have a choice in being there. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Or in a work situation, if somebody was horrible to you because of some, one of your protected characteristics, right, then it's wholly well, right. Well, then we've got that. That was a news story this week. Was it? Um, in the in the Christian press. Oh, right. Um, Do you read the Christian press? No, it came up on my, uh, as a thing on my Facebook feed. Oh, right. You yeah. might be interested in this job, you know. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was saying in there that um, a Christian teacher has been um, dismissed from his post for deliberately misgendering a pupil. Um, oh. And, and he's refused to apologise for it because, um, as far as he's concerned, God made us male and female. Um, and therefore they were made female and he will not refer to them as male. Oh. Um, well, we don't have time so, to... So to yeah. police that because it's against his terms of employment. But then that's the internal contradiction with the... Um, this is why we need to think about the legislation because the legislation can contradicts itself, doesn't it? Yeah. That's the problem. But I think we're on about entertainment now, aren't we, rather than like in oh, a school. I think, so. I think it's different I in think a school. So, but yeah. It's acceptable in entertainment and it's acceptable in other areas of society. And we are, we either, we either have to accept it or to not accept it. And we can't be wishy washy about where it's accepted and where it's not. Well, that's what I mean. Either it's South Park, really, where everyone's equally offended. Yeah. Or we find a group we don't like, which is basically the BBC position, is we find a group we don't like and just throw all the muck at them. Yeah, maybe. Which is which is then an expression of power, isn't so it? So it's a complicated issue that we're not going to get to the end of. No, not really. So if you want us to talk about that, uh, what was it the the that ish that new story about the Christian teacher? Maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll have to see if you can find it on YouTube, won't you? Yeah. Well, I don't know. All right. Yeah, I'll find it later. Okay.
So next we're going to be talking about, now I've had my rant, we're going to talk about um, Pentecost. That's a bit happier. You're listening to those Vicar blokes. Don't forget to click subscribe, follow, give us a rating. If you're struggling to find us, ask your smart speaker and she'll let you know where we are. Is a smart speaker always a woman? I think mine is. Is it? Yeah, I got a woman's name. Oh, was it? Who's that? Alexa. Oh, that oh, one. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> People who are listening are going to have her go, I'm sorry, I don't understand that instruction. So welcome back, and uh, today we're talking about the Pentecost. The Pentecost. 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 Why are we talking about Pentecost? Because it's Pentecost on Sunday. Pentecost on Sunday, yeah. Yeah, so what is Pentecost then, Dave? It is that bit continuing from last week. When 50 Jesus days, says, isn't it? 50 days. 50 days after the resurrection, yeah. And it's that bit where what you talked about last week when, when Jesus says, God be with you. Goodbye, you know. Yeah. This is God with us in the form of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we celebrate. That's it. So what happened on the day of Pentecost then? Well, there was the sound like a rushing wind. Right. Doesn't say in the Bible there was a rushing wind. Says there was the sound like a rushing wind. Yeah, you're right, actually. It doesn't, yeah. Yeah. So it's not that everything was being blown about. No. It was about the noise. Right. Not about the physical nature of the gazebo blowing away. (laughs) Okay, yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> Just to get that out there. Okay, yeah. Because it really irritates me when people say, there was a great rushing wind. All right. Because it doesn't say that. You're like my old uh, lay reader now. He used to have this big thing about angels don't have wings. And he's right, but it's really annoying. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. But they do when they're when they're made out of plaster of Paris and stuck on the side of the church yeah, wall. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, you were saying about the Russia wind, yeah? Yeah, so the sound like the Russia wind, and then there's the the multitude of different languages where everybody can understand everybody else. Um, the assumption that they're all drunk, but it's early in the morning, um, so they clearly don't work in some of the villages I work in. <laughs> um, well, that's perfectly normal. That would just make me think of where the spoons at, Dave. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> these people aren't drunk because it's only nine o'clock it's in the morning. It's only nine o'clock in, in the, the morning. morning. But they've been here since seven. <laughs> yeah. And they're on their eighth pint. Um, <laughs> yeah. I had to stop taking my kids to Weatherspoons for breakfast. Uh, at nine o'clock or half past nine on a Friday because there was people not, already not drinking. Not because Tim Martin, who runs the place, is, is, is no. morally No, uh, he, used awful. To, he used to worry me. So basically, they, they're in a room, The uh, there's a sound of the rush of wind, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them, yeah, and, and there's fire. Of tongues of Tongues of fire. fire. Resting they, upon them. And they burst out of this room and they start addressing the people who are in a big crowd outside because it's a festival in different languages so they all hear these different languages and some people think it's a miracle and other people think they're drunk yeah that's pentecost that's pentecost so what does it mean for us today that's the story of what happened but what's the what's it mean for us today well it it's the empowerment of humanity to carry on the work of christ following his ascension because we're not doing it in our own strength, but we're doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is born within us, just like Jesus is born within Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we turn into kind of like mini Jesuses. 
Well, I'm not quite sure I'm comfortable with the terminology of mini Jesuses. Mini Jesus. But um, we have Jesus in us. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we have we have God within us in order that we're that, that we're doing things in God's power, not our own strength. So, can you give us some examples of that then, of how that works in practical terms? Yeah, I suppose um, you get those moments <coughs> where. Um, you're faced with a situation and you've got no idea really in your own strength how you're going to deal with it. Um, but then some, but, but through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you're able to deal with it. You're able to have the right words or able to not have, not have the words as appropriate. Um, so as you listen, it, it, it empowers your interactions. I, I think it's a bit like, and I've had this quite a lot in ministry is you kind of go into kind of autopilot in a strange way is that you get the sense that you're not doing it whatever you're doing you're doing in the power of something else and you're able to do that pastoral visit do that funeral service do whatever it is um you know and you come out of the situation and think how on earth did i actually do that and then you realize that it wasn't you that was doing it it was something else yeah and i think we have that in family as well sometimes where you come across a very challenging situation um but you're able to overcome that situation or or deal with that situation through the power of the spirit and it's only i think anyway after the situation is sort of finished that you realize that a bit like the road to a mayor story that you realize that in the road to a mayor story, Jesus is with the people all day and they don't realize it was Jesus until the end. The same is true, I think, for the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes we can realize a bit faster than that, particularly if we know we're, we're out of our own depth and we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're having to, uh, to, to muster that spirit within ourselves in a hurry. Um, but you say, you know, I, we find I, ourselves in those situations all the time. Yeah, when you think, oh, over to you now. You better yeah. sort this out because I haven't got a clue yeah, yeah. what I'm going to do situations. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you have them. But I think as well, though, is what is the Holy Spirit, though? Because there seems to be quite a lot of confusion about what the Holy Spirit is. Um, so some people have said it's, it's something that makes you feel nice inside or it's an experience of some description. Something that makes you feel nice inside. Yeah. What, like ice cream. So, well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's like a, a like kind chocolate. Of, yeah, yeah. I think maybe maybe a bit like that. It makes them feel sort of they get a, a sense of peace in a sense, something more than just chocolate. Oh, we're not talking um, endorphins. No. Okay. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe a bit. I don't know. I don't think so. No, I think it, I think that I don't think for me it's something that makes me feel nice inside. But you've just talked about we've just talked about the Holy Spirit empowering us to do things. Yeah. Rather than how we feel, because actually in those situations we're not feeling good at all. Not, not in them, no. We're feeling out of our depth, sort of Yeah, yeah, sometimes out of our depth, but sometimes I think you touched on it. Some oh, I don't want to use the term out of body experience, but sometimes we feel as though um it's it's not us. Yeah, it's not us. There's this... an interaction that's taking place, and we are part of it, but we're somehow 
the least significant part of what's going on. Yeah, it's what the Bible calls in the spirit, isn't it? Yeah. Have you had that when you're preaching sometimes? I have this terrible habit um, of late, particularly, where I don't write my sermons. Oh, dear. Um, Oh, dear. Yeah, oh, dear. Sorry for anybody who hears them. But actually, they're some of my better sermons, I think, because I preach them with more passion, and that's a passion that I don't feel is necessarily always mine. Um, And they tend to be a bit longer, so apologies to the congregations in lots of ways. Um, But, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes... Uh, but but the way that I write my sermons is to read the passages on the Monday and the Tuesday and the Wednesday and then they they start to dwell and they start to build and and at random points then these ideals will come to my head and um and what I used to do was write all of those points down and then on a Friday or a Saturday I I try and make them into a coherent sermon of about thirteen hundred words which is about ten minutes yeah and if it went over sixteen hundred and fifty words I. I'd look at what was what I could save for the next year. Um, <laughs> but what you're talking about there is inspiration, isn't it? That, that's yeah. But I think that's that inspiration is God given, and I think those moments that spring in the head are often spirit driven moments. Yeah. So I think that's what we're talking about. Another example of the Holy Spirit is that sometimes you have ideas or different reflections or something that comes up that you're inspired. So. A bit like a few years ago, we did this driving uh, driving carols during COVID. Yeah. And I had this weird dream, right, about holding a, a driving carol service. And I thought, oh, this sounds a bit scary. So I was a bit scared about that idea. So I didn't yeah. tell anybody. And then Chris Willamore from the council rang me up and said, have you thought about doing a driving carol service? And I went, oh, okay, yeah, I have actually. So really the Holy Spirit isn't in my experience, isn't something that happens to you as an individual, but it happens to a community. Mm. So in that moment with the driving carol service, it inspired lots of other people to get involved, bring their own creativity, and then as a community that was inspired by uh, the Holy Spirit, we were able to do something which was really amazing. Yeah, I had a really strange thing this past week. Because somebody who I'd not thought about for a little while popped into my mind on Wednesday while I was praying. Yeah. And I didn't know why. And I sort of just put it to one side and thought, well, I haven't spoke to them for a long time. Maybe I should. I'll do that when I've got time. And then on Thursday, they popped into my head while I was praying. And on Friday, they popped into my head while I was praying. And then on Sunday night, when we were at 6.30 praise, they popped into my head again. So I sent them a WhatsApp message. And turns out that they had a job interview on Thursday and Friday. And so the chances of that actually happening when when God needed petitioning on their behalf was a bit strange. Do you talk I call it my spider sense. Yeah. Do you remember Spider Man as a spider yeah. sense that tells him when there's danger near? Yeah, yeah. And uh and I think a lot of the time in ministry you have this kind of like spider sense that you should go and visit somebody, you should go and do something you're inspired by this sort of weird feeling. And I've learned over the years, it's always good to listen to that um, because usually it's correct. Yeah. You know, um, it's what people call their gut sometimes, I think. But I think the danger sometimes with the Holy Spirit is we kind of, like you were saying about preparing a sermon, is you say, oh, well, 
you need to be inspired. So sometimes you think, oh, well, I don't need to prepare anything. I don't need to get anything ready or do anything because Jesus will inspire me on the day. Yeah, that's that, a bit of a risk, that. It is a bit, isn't it? But what you're talking about is creativity and freedom, actually, and, and inspiration. Yeah, come I through. don't reach the point on Sunday where I haven't thought at all about what I'm going to say and, and felt any inspiration. What I've said is that I don't necessarily tie those bits together before and which is why it goes on for a bit longer yeah but that's the thing is is inspiration is something that we um is through prayer and devotion towards christ that we actually enable ourselves to be inspired so it's only by spending time with god spending time with the scriptures uh through prayer that we're able to discern the voice of the holy spirit properly yeah. So it's like training down the gym, you know, it's it's only through... You go on about the gym a lot. Well, it's good. Yeah, but you're still not buff. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, on my app, I'll show you in a minute, on my On app, your abs? On my app, no, I haven't got abs, but <laughs> I've been staying off the abs at the minute. But on my app, right, it says I'm a number five on physical score, which means standard optimal, Right. It means what? Standard, standard optimal. Five out of what? Fifty? No, I'll show you after. It's in the green zone, right? Anyway, so, but I think prayer is a bit like that, and the Holy Spirit's a bit like that. Is it's something that we have to pay attention to and nurture that gift of life within us in order to actually um, listen to the Spirit and act in the Spirit. So, let's think about yeah, but see, we're not. We wouldn't consider ourselves to be the most charismatic of Christians, would we? Oh, I'm very charismatic. Do you? Th- but I suppose that depends on how we define it. I'm not charismatic. I don't. I'm not sort of what's the word? Um, emotional in vo- in worship. Yeah. Externally emotional in worship. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Right. But but that would be how a lot of people would view charismatic, and that would be how a lot of people would define. The, the the spirit at work in worship. Is it how you emotionally feel in that moment? Yeah. Or how you express that emotion? Yeah. Well, I think that's just dead wrong. That's not what um, 1 Corinthians 12 talks... When you look at what St. Paul talks about in, um, in, in his letters, he talks about the spirit animating people and, yeah ecstatic experiences or emotional experiences are part of it, but that's a very small part You're of it. Just a little part. Yeah, well, that's what he says, is the gift of tongues and that sort mm. of, uh, what's it called? Glossolalia, isn't it? Which is the... Glossolalia? Yeah, it's the gift of tongues. That's the paint you put on woodwork, right? <laughs> No, it's the Greek word for tongues. Oh, right. Glossolalia. You go to a decent college. Yeah. Right, okay. I only did baby Greek, and I didn't do very well at that. <laughs> well, 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 it's a good way to understand it, is basically what Jesus, what Paul is talking about with tongues, right? And in the Old Testament, where they talk about with the Navi, who are the prophets, yeah, right, is this kind of ecstatic experiences that people have. It doesn't say they aren't important, or it doesn't say that they're bad or wrong or we shouldn't do it. But what it's saying is it's got its place, and its place is the least of those those things. If you think yeah. about 1 Corinthians 13. That's, that's the one that people have at their weddings, isn't it? I hate that. No, I, 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 I hate that wedding. I got that at an upcoming wedding. So oh, 
They might be listening. They need to do song of songs, not that. No, I can't be doing it. Yeah, anyway, well, yeah, I let them pick their own readings. I give them guidance. And... I, I guide them away from that. Yes. So, yeah. But anyway, 1 Corinthians 13, it says the least of these is tongues, isn't it? Is it always yeah. at the bottom? While it's faith, hope, and love are the, the real gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. So, I think I think you are quite charismatic, I think in in how you well, I think minister. I am. I think I, what I'm really saying is, people wouldn't view the way that I worship as charismatic necessarily because I don't, I, I don't hold my hand up. Right. I, I don't have many questions. No, I have lots of questions, but I don't hold my hands up. You know. But there's a really good YouTube video on yeah charismatic worship. It's ever so funny. But you know when you say the Eucharist, right? Yeah, when you're yeah. behind the altar, right? Yeah. Is there's that moment in there where you offer up to God uh, in the baraka? It's called where you you lift up the bread and the wine just before you start the Eucharistic yeah. prayer. There's the baraka. Is that bit where you say, "Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for your goodness we have this bread to offer." Which, Through the vine and work of human hands, it shall become for us. Bless the bread of life, bread of life. life. Yeah, and the cup of but salvation. Just, yeah. That one, right? Or yeah. a spiritual drink, depending that, on which one you use. Yeah, right, yeah. But that bit. And what you're doing there is you're offering up to God all the goodness, all the rubbish, all the awfulness and all the wonders of that week. And I think that can be, for me anyway, sometimes quite a overwhelming sort of experience of the power of God. And I think, yeah. and I think sometimes when... Uh, when you anoint people with the oil of the sick, yeah, that can be a really um, intense experience of the healing power of God. Yeah, but I don't think it's the experience that's important. I think what's in, what's important is the the action of God in that moment with that person. Well, it's the action of God being present, and yeah, one of the 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 prayers at that bit, you know, the um. The offertory prayers, um, that's used a lot at Easter starts, be present, be present, Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, that's and, it. And, 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 and that's what you're, you're, you're calling to happen. And that's what you believe is happening in that moment. And that's the outpouring of the spirit of Pentecost today. So we have the story of Pentecost, but the Holy Spirit and its actions are about what's happening today and how we can make heaven a reality as much as we can today for people, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and we see that because we're told what the fruits of the Spirit are. Which are? Um, you, here we patience, go. Patience, kindness, love. Um, peace. Peace. Self-control. That's it. I'm missing some. Fortitude. Courage. Oh, yeah. For, yeah, yeah. 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 Fortitude. Yeah, so it's yeah. I can tell I was catechized. He's got it fortitude. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but I think that's the thing though. Is self control is a gift of the spirit. Yeah, and that's quite interesting, isn't it? It's just about being able to be uh, when everyone's losing their heads and stuff, and everything's going a bit wrong. You can be that solid person who's who's trustworthy. Yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because um, as an ex smoker, um. It, it it wasn't in my own strength that I gave up smoking. It's through the. It was through that self control, mm. through that that very nature, and and a level of self control and a level of fortitude that was needed for that. 
And I don't do anywhere near as much cycling as I used to do. But when faced with the big hill that nobody really wants to cycle up, it would always be a case that I'd always ask for God's strength in order to get me to the top of the hill. And that's the, the gift of the, of that, that perseverance bit coming out. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's actually a very hard thing and a very, yeah. So, you know, when you cycle sometimes, you know, when you've got the wind behind you and everything's going great and you just fly behind, it always makes me think of, the Holy Spirit is that when we're aligned with the Spirit, you know, you really can move, can't you? Yeah. Because on the bike, if you've got the wind behind you, you know, it, it's amazing how fast you can go. You could do 25 mile an hour on a racer with very little effort. Yeah. Because it's not you that's doing it, it's the wind that's blowing you. Yeah. And I think that's the essence of, of acting with the Spirit is we've got to work out what the Spirit is doing and then jump on our bikes and get get the spirit blowing behind us yeah uh, and i think that's difficult for us because we want god to do what we want him to do not what <laughs> not what he wants to well, do yeah that yeah that there is that element and yeah um but i think it's a case of of we recognize that what we do we do to the best of our ability because we're doing it for god and the holy spirit's gonna power enable us to do that yeah and i think really how I think about the Holy Spirit, we finish with this, really. It's the power of life, really. That's what's poured out on the whole world, is there's a difference between something that's alive and something that's dead. And chemically and physically, there's not a lot of difference between something that's dead and something that's alive. You know, it's just a chemical thing. But there's that... Dirty Vicar alert. Yeah, sorry, yeah. All right, but, but there's something of the breath of life which is within us and within the world around us that brings life and i think that's what the holy spirit yeah. is and we got all the way through that pentecost talk without saying that it's the birthday of the church uh, yeah yeah because that will be a sermons up and down the country on sunday <laughs> it is the birthday of the church yeah. yeah well it's the day that we were all um powered and enabled yeah um you know, so yeah, it's the birth of, of, of Christ's church in the world. And it's through the church that... that we almost God... made it through the end without somebody talking about it. Yeah, and, and it's through the church, flawed and broken as we are, that um, God's spirit is manifest in that way, isn't it? It's yeah. through that church community that manifests and what we say make Jesus visible. Yeah. You know, that's how it works. So you can't do it on your own. And it's not about how you feel or anything like that. It is actually about creating uh, or allowing the Holy Spirit to empower us as a community, as a church, isn't it? Yeah. Not me and God on our own. No, absolutely. So we are quite charismatic. Yeah. Yeah, in our little way. In our own way. No hands up for Jesus at 6.30 praise on Sunday then? No. No? No. I'll be. What are you coming on Sunday? Um, oh no, you're in. You're in. I'm no, I'm away. You're I'm in. Away um, you're in that thing, aren't you? Then I'm. Then I'm back at Wapley for a couple of weeks, so I'm not ah. six three praise for a while. I don't think. Well, I'll have to see hands up for Jesus then. Maybe you, yeah. if you, you're in Kosovo, aren't you? No, I'm not in, in Kosovo. Kosovo. Croatia. Croatia. Yeah. Croatia. Well, you'll have other things on your mind in Croatia, so you'll be all right. Okay, so in our next section, we'll be talking about um, what was it? Was uh, that yeah, it was cop your drama? Choice, your your choice of cop drama. Cop drama. Steel Town Murders. Steel Town Murders. That's it.
listening to those Vicar blokes, don't forget to uh, subscribe to us, give us a rating, tell your mates. You can even forward it on WhatsApp and Facebook and all that jazz. And you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm not very active on Twitter. I used to just kind of troll Dave, really. You do, don't you? That's I what just, you do on there, troll I me. Just troll Dave on Dave, Twitter. Leave Nigel alone is what you Well, you keep on me. having a go at Nigel Farage yeah, all the I time. Yeah, I am just before I rang your doorbell. Oh, yeah, that's all you do, isn't it? So I troll Dave, but you could follow me on Twitter. I might actually put something on there one day. But Dave does put some stuff on, other than trolling sort of right-wing politicians. Not a lot, though. We're going to talk about a cop drama for a change. Yeah. But what makes it a change is that it was Howell's choice of cop drama. I quite liked um, it. Because it's set in Wales. Yeah. And it's because it's a Welsh drama. He's a Welsh nationalist at heart. <laughs> I am a bit sometimes. So, yeah, right, yeah so we've got this this Welsh cop drama, which is about the murder of three girls um, in Neath and Portalba. That's right. Do you know where that is? Yes, in it's in <laughs> South in Wales, somewhere between it's by Swansea, Cardiff, and Pembrokeshire. It, it is between Cardiff well, and Swansea. That's my reference points. All yeah. of these in Pembrokeshire and Cardiff's that place in between. It's on the M4 yeah. before Cardiff, before Swansea. It's Junction forty something, isn't it? Because I saw that on the sign. On yeah, the yeah. It's it's just bef- as you go from Cardiff, you go to Bridge End, and then you go to Port Albert, and then you get the Swansea on the M4. Yeah, yeah. And Neath is the best rugby team in the whole of South Wales. Yeah, apparently so. I, I love it. Oh, it was my, my favourite. Anyway, you going to say about this cop drama? Well, um, it was a good cop drama. It, it was, as far as the whodunit go, it, it wasn't that great because we never met the character who done it until very late on. That's true. Um, so, yeah, sorry, spoiler for anybody who thinks it might be anybody else in it. We <laughs> won't meet him for a while. Um, but it was... A revisited case. So it was filmed in, in, um, in the seventies time and in the 2002. Yeah. 2002. Early early this millennium sort of time. So it was, it was set history and, and deep history um, (laughs) as far as TV goes. Um, and it was the revisiting and reopening of a case, um, in light of new DNA stuff. Which I thought might be because why you chose it. Yeah, I did like that. Because you're a scientist and, I, and I did like DNA that. links would be good. Yeah, I enjoyed that bit. I don't, it's, they're still showing it on the BBC, aren't they? So I don't, it's all available on iPlayer in advance, but, but I think the second episode was on last night. Yeah, it's quite good. I enjoyed it. But I think, I think the reason I chose it really is that this idea of closure is that because of DNA evidence, even though it was 30 years after the murder, they were actually able to identify who had committed the murder through DNA evidence. And, you know, this idea of how evil that's done to us can define us and how when we don't have an answer, how difficult that can be for us um, because we just don't know. And I think in knowing the answer we can get some peace from it, no matter what the answer is. That's what came across to me about it. Yeah, I think, yeah, but, yeah that comes across in the third episode. Mm. Um, you were a bit upset about the inclusion, weren't you, in, in the story of, of the third <laughs> the third girl on the night out. Yeah, it was season. so stupid. Because she was entirely made up. For yeah, it was so stupid. I know why they... Purpose. Yeah, I know why they had to invent a character, because they, they couldn't use any of the people 
which are actually originally involved because it wouldn't be fair in a sense. Yeah. And we needed that for dramatic effect. But it was so out of... It wasn't a Port Talbot... It wasn't from the culture of Port Talbot, if you see what I mean. It wasn't It wasn't done in that way. Yeah. And it was like... It was so ridiculous because they had this, this woman who started off working in a factory in the 70s and then became a head teacher. Yeah. And then in the last episode, spent about like a couple of minutes moaning about men. And I was like, well, that's a kind of 2020 attitude, not a kind of, you know, 2002 uh, attitude did, from Port Talbot. So did women in Port Talbot not moan about men in 2000? They did moan about men, but they didn't, not in that way. They didn't, her attitude basically was that that uh, women should be free and safe at the same time. And you can't be free and safe at the same time. It's impossible because there always will be evil people who will do evil things. And she was lamenting that and saying it's men that are at fault. And I just thought that's not, that's a kind of attitude of a kind of middle-class London writer putting it into somebody who's meant to be from Port Talbot. And I thought, no, that's just ridiculous. So, Do you have the same issues with the bits of the Bible that are obviously um, inserted, manipulated during translation? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it just ruins it because it's not part of... I just don't like... And I suppose you'd have to be from South Wales to get that in a way, but I just found it a bit sort of ridiculous. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean because I quite like... Um, Hunted and Celebrity Hunted. Oh, I like that, yeah. And in the first series, they downloaded footage from the 376 bus of a man going to Wells in Somerset and back to Bristol Temple. Oh, I remember that one, yeah. 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 Apart from the fact that the TV, the CCTV's not live on the bus. You have to download the footage from the hard drive on the bus. So, Ah. So for me, that ruined it right in the first series because... It couldn't possibly be real. So I was made up. Well, the CCTV's recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was no way for them to access it live. So that was all set up the way they were watching it and going yeah. like, oh, he's doing yeah, this. Yeah, he's and... going to arrive back at Temple Meads and we'll catch him there. They couldn't possibly have known that from that footage. Oh, that's really bad. Or You've ruined it for that, me now. Or from the fact that he he bought his ticket with cash or whatever. They, yeah. they wouldn't have known that at the time. If he'd used a bank card, that would have betrayed him, but... Oh, that's really bad. Oh, okay. You've ruined Hunted for me now. And oh, I've ruined this um, Steel Town Murders. But do you think, or just to give it a bit of a think, thinking about this idea of closure, do you think that it is very difficult for people whereby they don't know something, be it a diagnosis or they don't know the circumstances around somebody's death? Do you think that we naturally kind of catastrophize around it and imagine things and knowing something, even if it's good or bad, having that sort of clarity gives us some peace. Do you think that is a thing? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's definitely a thing. I think that, um, you need to be able to move on. And while things are unanswered, it's difficult to move on. But lots of things in life always will be unanswered, won't they? Well, I think it depends what it is. Yeah, that's true. I think on yeah. on on the particular issues that came up in this show, then then those things needed that knowledge needed to be had in order to move on. And I mean, it 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 runs parallels with the with the Maddie McCann stuff. 
Yeah. Um, which is in the news this week, but we didn't talk about that. Um, it's May. Maddie McCann's always in the news in May. Is it? Yeah. It's because yeah. she just disappeared in May, isn't it? Yeah, but they're <laughs> going to dredge some lake looking for her now in Portugal next to where the man who they think that did it, who's, I think he's in prison in Germany. Isn't it, like oh, that? yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're going to dredge the lake. So, you think it's always worth. This is the thing. Some people say, oh, well, what's the point of dragging you know, bringing all that up again, what's the point? Can't you just forget about it? And I don't think it is possible to kind of forget about things sometimes. I think that we can forgive, but I think that forgiveness isn't about saying that didn't matter. It's well, actually, forgiveness isn't forgetting. No, it's not, is and, it? And, and moving on doesn't mean that you've forgotten. No. It just means that you've found a way to cope with the situation that's occurred. And 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 there are way there are things that can happen in life that make it easier to cope with the situation. So knowing knowing that that sometimes knowing that justice has been done is is a way that helps people to cope with the with what's happened. Yeah, and I suppose the ultimate hope for us as as Christians, and maybe we finish with this one, is that that hope that at the end of all things justice will be done. And whatever justice we have in this world is going to be a pale shadow of the ultimate justice that will be done. Yeah. So at the end of all things, um, all things will be made new. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And I think that can be quite releasing for us in those times of uh, uncertainty. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, I've got a recommendation for next week. Yeah, what is well, it? Well, no, not next week, because yeah. I'm not here next week. All right, yeah. Um, but for when I'm back, yeah. it's a programme on the BBC called £10 Poms. I knew my missus said when it was advertised, right, yeah, when it was advertised, my missus turned around and said, I bet Dave will say to ah. watch that. I bet he will, well, yeah? I'm glad. She's going to be so chuffed I'm glad now. I'm so predictable. Yeah, she said, I bet Dave will watch that, because it's a BBC drama. All right, okay. So we'll watch £10 Poms in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And next week, we've got one division. But oh, you're on holidays. because I'm on my holidays. Yeah, so she's going to be joining us. Uh, and guess what we're watching with her? I've no idea. One division. Are you? Yeah, it's you a program. Of, we're going to watch right. One Division, so it. And we'll be talking about the Trinity. I thought you'd watch the Fish Called Wanda. No, 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 no. One Division. So we're watching that next week with that, uh, and we'll be talking about the Trinity and whatever's in the news. So, hope Dave has a nice holiday, but we don't want too many details about his Croatia trip and the rest of it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.